Hello, folks, and welcome back to a pretty good show. It's an all right show. It's the show that, you know, Dan and I like to sit down and have a guest each week, but sometimes we just like to, you know, explore the space a little bit. This is going to be one of those episodes. It's just going to be Dan and I. We're going to be kind of, you know, unloading the brains a little bit on you folks at home. We had a nice little winter break. We're all caught up. We're all rested. Our voices sound crisp with our new microphones, because at the Dan K show, when we see a problem like bad audio quality or audio quality, that doesn't quite meet podcasting standards. What do we do? We go out and we fix it. We fix the problem the first time we improve the product going forward. And a man who fixes problems the first time they show up. And then when a problem happens again, he fixes it a second time, a third time, as many times as it needs to. It's Dan K. Dan, are you, you're almost like a Bob the Builder at this point, but like, a, can we build it? You're like, can we fix it? Yes, we can. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you you want to tell people, you know, we don't have to keep breaking it. We can just let it work the way it's working. And, you know, that, but we'll, we'll stick it back together. We'll make it work. We'll build it, Lucas. And, you know, the big thing is when you look at kind of putting together events in a normal world in, in, in hockey and in sports, or you, you look at at kind of navigating through a season, a campaign, as we call it, some of us, you know, it's, it, there's always trials and tribulations. There's always nooks and crannies and things you have to deal with. And in the world, man, since, since this pandemic kicked off, it's been crazy for all kinds of sporting leagues, right? You see even the NHL dealing with the, the highs and lows of, of kind of navigating the pandemic and scheduling, right? Some stadiums and locales with, the inability to have people in the stands while you're also, you have a winter classic going on where you are filling an entire venue outdoors. And as Lucas, as you can attest to very cold conditions. So, you know, that's happening. We're building through it and we're getting ready here down to the wire for the winter showcase. And I think, I feel like I'm playing fruit ninja, Lucas, every problem that has been thrown my way, we've been able to <laughs> slice, we've been able to dice, we've been able to chop and against all odds, man, we are going to get things done, and, and I'm really excited to kind of see the USPHL world come together for the, the jewel event of the season. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, certainly a large event, as, as the folks at home know, and every year it it serves as a real, you know, sort of meeting of the divisions, right? You get a lot of teams that come out from a lot of very different places across USPHL Nation, and they get a chance to play each other. Uh, you know, one of the one of the great things about that event is getting to see some of these interdivisional matchups. You've got powerhouse teams from the Pacific and the mountain that are going to be kind of run through the ringer a little bit, you know, coming out and playing some teams, in the mid Atlantic, you're going to have these Midwest teams, maybe come in and play a few South teams here and there. So it's going to be real interesting. And I think what we've got for you today is, is kind of a variety show. And I wanted to kick things off. And Dan, I forgot to mention this to you before we started, but I got another couple of questions about the J rating over the break. And yeah. I wanted to, to kind of just address what the J rating is here, as well as with some video content that'll be up a little bit later. But the J rating and the power rankings that we do, which will be coming up soon after the winter showcase, the J rating and the power rankings are very, very different things. The power rankings are Dan and myself with a human eye only. We go through, we look at records, common opponents, the game stats, the team stats, and we try to use our brains with all our knowledge about the USPHL and come to a top 10, you know, roughly chopped down from a top 15. The elite 
The premiere, obviously very difficult. The J rating is essentially a formula, right? It's a computer. And it's something that Dan and I created that serves to try to replace a lot of what we feel are the inferior formulas that are currently on the market. And it is kind of a market, right? It's it, it these, these ranking systems have financial components to them. And we feel like they're not, their product is not what it could be. It's not as good as it should be. There are mistakes inside their formula. So we've taken that hockey knowledge that we've accrued over, over our lifetime. We put it onto paper, plugged it into a computer. So those numbers you see are completely computer generated with a little twist. And that twist is, well, a little proprietary. We don't want to quite say what it is yet, but rest assured, we are simply trying to throw our hat into the ring and maybe say, hey, maybe there's a better way of doing this whole computer ranking system format. Yeah, and I think the most exciting part for me, Lucas, when it comes to the J rating is you've, you see two worlds, right? You see two worlds when it comes to ranking things. You see a world too driven by numbers and, and numbers can tell a large story, but as leagues get bigger and bigger, it's really hard, you know, unless you're living in a per- perfectly balanced schedule and a perfectly balanced system, numbers cannot tell you the full story of who is the best and who is the absolute worst from top all the way to bottom. There are going to be some aberrations. There are going to be sh- some issues that come out of creating a numbered system or, or a mathematical statistical driven system when you do not have any type of balance or guarantee that everybody will see the same amount of teams the same number of times. The human side of it, right? What are humans if not we tend to be a little bit biased at times? And we have a thing called bias and not Len Bias, the old time basketball player, but bias in terms. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. They can't see your face react to that one. Very nicely done. And what it is, is you, you look at bias and what can that be? Like for some people, it's Joe Buck likes my team or hates my team or likes that. That's stupid bias. Like Dan Kay and Lucas Jones do not have a favorite team when it comes to the USPHL or when it comes to the game of hockey. It, if you want to ask me who my favorite team is, if you ever want to tell me I'm biased for the New York Rangers, I'll take that. But other than that, I will tell you that there is no bias in this where it comes down to us. But what there is bias in as you look through things, sometimes you may say to yourself, I think X team is better than Y. And you may look at their resume differently based on that doctrine, right? We see it in college football all the time. You look at an Alabama. Why, why is Alabama always going to have a better time after a loss to anybody in the SEC, no matter who it may be? Bama could lose to a six and six Missouri team and go 10 and one or 11 and one. And they're just, just off of the bias of it being Alabama and it being the SEC, that Missouri loss won't look as bad as uh, Notre Dame losing to a number four Cincinnati. Right. Right. And it's just because we've seen what Notre Dame's done in the past. Should what Notre Dame's done in the past have an effect on this year's championship? Yes. And no. And that's where, the J rating comes into play. And that's what I'm so excited about. It takes the mathematical, it takes the statistical and all the good from it. I'm mixed with a little bit of an accoutrement of what we kind of believe is missing. And then it adds in what will eventually be a non-biased kind of committee type human element that right now is the Dan K show. And eventually will kind of grow to, to more than that. Guys that 
guys and ladies that understand the game of hockey that we know don't have a bias or don't have a, a horse in the race who can also help to kind of lend the helping hand to the numbers and the statistics. And that's where this thing, Lucas, I think comes together and creates a, a perfectly balanced system. Yeah. And it's, it's something we're really excited about. It's something that we're really proud of and you'll see it come out. It always, it always does come out a, a couple of days after that power ranking. The, so the power rankings will come out on a Thursday. The J rating comes out on a Monday. And I think on that power ranking note, Dan, one of the biggest things I wanted we wanted to touch on obviously is the winner showcase. And despite, as you said, I think all the challenges that come from running a major event, um, especially now with, with COVID still happening, everything that comes with that from an operational side, you know, especially with teams and, and staff members, we are excited for the winner showcase. And we're excited from our perspective here because the winner showcase really gives us an opportunity to see a lot of teams we don't normally get a chance to see, to broadcast games for a lot of teams we don't normally get a chance to broadcast for, and to get a chance to really take a look at the results. And it helps us sort of stack the deck when it comes to the strength of these individual regions, because it's tough to match up the Pacific and the Mid-Atlantic. Teams won't see each other. They're, they don't have common opponents. So the winner showcase for us really serves a great purpose, and that's being able to rank a lot of these divisions, a lot of these opponents, it helps inform our power rankings quite a bit, uh, which Dan, I know we struggled mightily with the premier power rankings last month. Yeah. And, and I, I want to kind of point out the depth of where it all goes. Like as we look through everything, if I'm going to rank a team number one or number two or number 10 or wherever, or not rank them at all, it's not just based on that team's resume. It's who they're playing. It's what the resume of the teams they play are. It's their division. It's divisional strength. There's a lot that comes into it. So you look and you can kick right off the bat here. You can kick right off the bat on rink one in the New England Sports Center, 8-10 a.m. Eastern puck drop. The Steel County Blades are going to take on the Boston Junior Bruins in the premier, right? And you look at it right now, statistically speaking, standings-wise, these are a middle-of-the-road New England team right now in the standings and a middle-of-the-road team in the standings in the Midwest-West. This allows you to see, okay, two teams on even footing in their own divisions. How do they stack up when they take neutral ice against one another? That'll be interesting. And, and for Steel County, they might be saying, neutral ice? I think that's the Boston Junior Bruins home rink. But a neutral showcase ice, we call it, right, as this one comes on. And you, you kind of – you can do that all throughout. You can look at the Boston Advantage and the Atlanta Mad Hatters, two teams towards the back of a division right now, trying to work their way back up through the ranks. And you say, okay, well, how does the back end of the New England division match up against the back end of the Florida division? And you, so on and so forth. You'll see that happen at these showcase events. So, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to focus on the big time matchups. It's easy to focus on the number one Metro Jets taking on a top 10 team in the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Knights on Saturday at 4 p.m. on rink one. It's easy to look at that game. It's easy to look at a Chicago Cougars team at the top of the Midwest East taking on a Vegas Thunderbirds team that's been scoring a lot of late in what should be an offensive battle. It's easy to look at those matchups. But every single game, every single matchup, every single tally, every single score, especially for our January power rankings, this one that happens in the middle of the month rather than the start of it, this I always deem as our most important power rankings. Why? Lucas, we have yet to be wrong with our number one team winning the national championship in this power ranking. We have yet to be wrong. Yeah, and that's why we can say that this is such an important event with so much confidence, right? It's 
there it's really easy to turn around and say, well, every event is important and every event is important, right? You, you get every single event the USPHL runs is important in its own way, but this event is important for the work that, that we do because it does give us that, that viewpoint. Like you say, Dan, it's never been wrong with the team that it's provided us as the number one, right? Yep. So that means that there is something statistically significant about this event. I love using that phrase. I feel like I use it a lot, but I feel like it's because it's a good phrase. It's mathematically and statistically significant about this event, the way these games are scheduled and the results that you get out of it. And I think that one of the things that I love about it too is like you say, Dan, it's so easy to stay focused on the top 10 teams, right? It's easy to promote those matchups, but there is a lot of good hockey outside of that top 10. There is fantastic hockey outside that top 10. There are teams who are, are going to get together and play some of the toughest games of their schedule of the season, but also potentially their most balanced games, right? You, you have these teams going toe-to-toe, three-period slugfests, where now all of a sudden these teams become the story. And every game deserves to be covered, right? Every game deserves to be talked about, looked at, analyzed. Every game is important. And, and the winter showcase in the USPHL. And, you know, that's why I think I'm excited to get to the winter showcase and maybe take a step back here and, and even Dan, maybe watch some hockey without yelling about it. That might also be nice. Well, as the guy putting together the broadcast schedule and with a lot of, a uh, lot of landmines and a lot of, a lot of jumping over mountains here over the last couple of days, I don't know how much you'll get to watch, but you might get a lot <laughs> of games to call Lucas. We may be surprising folks on some broadcast this weekend because we will get every game on the air and broadcast. And that's what I'm most excited about is, you know, kind of leading by example, as I like to say, you know, that's, that's kind of how you do it. If you want to be, you want to be a Michael Jordan, you want to lead like a Michael Jordan, you gotta, you gotta play like a Michael Jordan, right? Lucas, that, that's how it has to be. If Michael Jordan wasn't, wasn't talented and wasn't doing it on the court, it would have been a lot easier uh, to kind of slack off for the, for the rest of the roster. And that's kind of our goal here. Just double Michael Jordan's Lucas. We're just both out here being MJ and we're going to force a championship team together. That's it. Or as, as I like to sometimes refer to myself as the, the Scotty Burrell, you know, I, I make you better. You Dan, by, down <laughs> I make you better by threatening to follow you everywhere you go and be on your successful team, be a part of your successful team. That is, <laughs> Scotty Burrell would certainly not be able to do some of the work that you have gotten no. done this year, Lucas. I can, I can guarantee you that it's not, uh, <laughs> Maybe not Scottie Pippen because Scottie Pippen didn't tend to show up when Michael Jordan didn't. And I know Scottie Pippen did not like the documentary because of all the times that they pointed out the exact things that happened that were historically accurate. I know he didn't like having historical accurateness pointed out to him that when Michael Jordan was out, he tended to kind of shy away from the big moments. So this might be better to be a Rodman than a Pippen anyway. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like a a weird combination (laughs) of Rodman and, and, uh, Maybe a little, just Scotty Burrell's optimism. That's what I'll take from, from like him. It. It's just his optimistic like viewpoint. But yeah, no, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to call some hockey games. If you if you hear one of our voices uh, all alone on a broadcast, and then you hear a slightly different voice maybe 10 minutes into the broadcast, it's because of some creative stuff happening behind the scenes. But like Dan said, our goal, every game deserves a broadcast. Every game deserves a broadcaster. And you guys at home deserve that too. You know, it is it, you, the parents, the players, the family members, the relatives. This is this is so you guys get a chance to watch your your child play hockey and, and get yeah. that professional experience from home. Yeah. And, and it's something that I think 
Lucas and I are, are always shouting from the mountaintop about it. It's every single experience at every single event matters in the game of junior hockey. Okay. This is not, if you're, if you, if we get lucky enough, if we work hard enough, if I said lucky, it's my least favorite word in the world. Luck is just be working hard enough and putting yourself in the right situations to have luck happen. Quote unquote, I just put air quotes up for luck. But if we, if we do work our way through and we end up at the tier two level, then yes, we start getting into the, the non pay to play fashion, but the amount of, the amount of effort, the amount of drive, the amount of financial kind of just input that goes into allowing us to play the game of junior hockey, allowing these players to work as hard as they do to work up the ladder and eventually get to the next level of the game. Every single experience matters. And we are here to make sure that your experience as a parent, your experience as a player, your experience as a coach, as a scout, as whoever is professional, is fun. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm excited to do here at this winter showcase. We got some great folks coming in, Lucas. We got Brett Luthner and Sean, Sean Bretherick coming all the way up from New Jersey. They're going to be covering 15 plus games apiece for us. They're going to be running around. They're going to be my Swiss Army knife man. Anytime I need a broadcaster to take a game to a next level, Brett and Sean are going to be there. We're going to have Christian Adams flying in from Tampa, Florida to come call another dozen plus games. I call it the Christian Adams dozen. He's going to have 13 broadcasts on the weekend. Lucas, we're going to be calling 10 to 15 to 30. Who knows how many games this weekend? Jim McCabe coming in from the Islanders Hockey Club. He's going to be giving a little wagering Texas with a dollar sign call on each game, man. We're gonna have we're gonna have a team. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have the crew. We're gonna have the bruisers out there. We're gonna have Britt Hart jumping on a couple broadcasts. It is gonna be a fun weekend on hockey TV. And this showcases it's uh, I think it's gonna live up to the billing in terms of the games on the ice, man. You you look at some of the matchups. Tell me another time where you're gonna get to see the Toledo Cherokee take on the Lake Tahoe Lakers. Toledo Cherokee versus Lake Tahoe. Lucas and Christian Adams is going to be on that call. I mean, that, that is, if there is no better example of what the winter showcase does than that, that is going to be such a good matchup. I mean, you look at how good Lake Tahoe has been, right. And how consistently good they've been. And as a side note, how gorgeous the rink is. I mean, that is, that is a rink that films well, Uh, but then you go up against a, a powerhouse like Toledo and Toledo is a team that Dan and I have seen in person. And they are scary looking. They came out and they just put the hammer down and they do not let up. Dan, you were on the bench for, for coach kind of orchestrating that, that comeback against Metro. I got to see them go up against the Minnesota moose, but I think they might be in for a bit of an awakening because Lake Tahoe, there's a reason we, we call them the, the Lake Tahoe show because they certainly put on a show. It's the Lake show, you know, and I still think they should have alternate jerseys that have our faces on them and are Dan Casual colors. And they call themselves the hashtag Lake show a couple nights every year out there on Lake Tahoe. Maybe Dan and Lucas go together, go, go dubs on a boat. We buy ourselves a little boat, a little bit of property in Lake Tahoe. And we hang out by the Lakers who knows they have a great golf course out there. Lucas, I'm not out here trying to make up crazy stories, but it sounds pretty fun. We haven't even put that much thought into it at all. No, yeah, we, not at all. So, <laughs> Lucas, by the way, I sent you some Zillow trackings uh, just in case. You Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, I mean, you look at it, you dig through, you have a, a matchup like a matchup separated by thousands of miles geographically. The San Diego Sabres taking on the Hershey Cubs with Patrick Ramsdale, the voice of the Boudreaux family's Hershey Cubs on the call. 
You like you don't you don't get to do that. They can't. You know, this is junior hockey. Okay, you can't think about the budget it would take for the premier division of the USPHL to play an NHL style schedule, right? And actually have these matchups take place in home ices. The Tampa Bay Juniors can't just play the Utah Outliers tomorrow, but they will at the USPHL Winter Showcase. A team from Utah will travel to play a team from Tampa. Like these are the moments that separate the USPHL from any other competitor in terms of what happens on the ice and what happens for your athlete. If I'm a scout and I say I can go to League X and I can see guys who I know what level they are and they all play within a certain couple of dozen miles of each other, like, and I can go see what I already know and it's in my backyard, or you're telling me in one weekend, I can accomplish my scouting from Tampa. I can accomplish scouting in Southern Florida. I can accomplish scouting in Atlanta, in Utah, in Southern California, in Northern California. I can accomplish going to the Great Lakes region. I can accomplish going into Ohio, which is part of the Great Lakes region, Dan K. showing his geographical magistrate. I, I can accomplish going to Pennsylvania. I can accomplish going through the Appalachian region. I can accomplish going into New England. I can accomplish the Mid-Atlantic. And I can do it all in one building on seven different sheets of ice over a four-day span. What do you think the marketing budget? What do you think that the the, the recruiting budget? What do you think I'm going to budget my money for? It's going to be this event. It is going to be the ability to guarantee myself a nationwide recruiting footprint from 72 plus hours of hockey, 96 if you count a little bit on Monday. There's no better place for a college hockey coach, a scout, for anybody at any level of this game to come out and see the best of the best. And that's what it's all about. It's all about getting these guys to the next level. I don't give a hoot what the next level is for you as long as it's the right next level for you. And that's what we're trying to get you to. And this event, it accomplished that, it accomplishes that in spades. Yeah. And, and I think you, you bring up another great point there, which is the, you know, it doesn't matter what that next level is. It, as long as there is a next level, whatever it might be, we're, we're going to try to get you there. I mean, we know that we've, we're going to have ACHA D1, D3 scouts that are going to be out there. You're going to have all types of people coming out and taking a look at some of these players, which, I mean, as, a, as an academic tutor and a college advisor myself, makes me really happy. I'm really happy to see that, that you're embracing these, these different routes for people because it's not, it's not just D1 or bust. That thinking is archaic. That thinking is is of the dinosaurs. There are fantastic opportunities for everyone out there. You just have to be exposed to them. And this is the event that's going to do that. Like you say, Dan, you're going to have scouts that are pretty motivated to come out when you can see teams from four different time zones all in one building, potentially all in one rink in the same day. So I'm really excited about that. Now, the time for grandstanding, Dan, the time for big discussions is over. Now we got to get into the details a little bit. Yeah. I want to talk about just first in the premiere, our power rankings last month had a three-way tie. We had Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights, New York Aviators, Rockets Hockey Club. And we put these three, we always use the 10th spot as a tie, as a show me. When we can't decide which teams need to be in, we put all two, all three teams in there and we say, figure it out amongst yourselves. Well, these three teams have a, a bit of a schedule this weekend. 
you have the aviators taking on the bandits, the outliers, MJDP and Fresno, uh, which I think I wanted to start here because this aviator team is a physical fast team. It takes no prisoners out on the ice. They're going to go up against a Utah team that we know loves to also get involved a little bit in that style of gameplay. Do you think that this aviators outliers team or outliers game is going to be kind of that, that marquee matchup for the aviators this weekend? Can they, can they reasonably go for no? What do you think? Yeah. I, well, I, I will say this about this aviator outlier game. I still think that everybody is underestimating how good this mountain division is this year. Number one, number two, underestimating the rest of the mountain division and then underestimating this Utah outliers team, Kevin McCloskey himself, the owner of this Utah outliers team has, I think underestimated his own team. (laughs) Obviously deep down, he knows he's good. This is a guy who loves to win the game of hockey. He's trying to win each and every day, but he said, I don't know if we're all there yet. I mean, there's still some things. I think we could get stronger in the defensive end. Lucas. I just, I think everybody in the world is looking at this Utah outliers team and just missing how good they are going to be. What I will say is I don't know if there is anybody who replicates what the New York aviators are. This to me, if you want to compare it to something is like in the game of football, when you were like Bob Stoops is Oklahoma back in the day with Adrian Peterson at running back, all of a sudden seeing the air raid run and gun of Mike Leach and Texas tech. And all of a sudden, you got to prepare for something you've never prepared for. You don't look at it on a day-in, on day-out basis. And when it finally worked for Mike Leach and he started beating Bob Stoops, all of a sudden, you look at the Big 12, every team in that conference runs the same basic Mike Leach principles of spreading the field, running gun. This Aviators team, though, they're not replicated right now. What Mike Stanaway does is different from what anyone else is going to do. They're going to come out. They're going to try to be physical. This Utah team has the size on them. They're going to be physical back. Lucas, I think this is a game that is a trap for Utah, but at the same time, a trap for the Aviators because of how good Utah has been. If I had to make a pick, which I will, why not? I would say that Utah wins this one. What I do think is that the Aviators come out of the weekend. I'm looking at it. This is a really tough schedule. Two and two. Yeah, I I think... I think that's pretty close to what I saw looking at this as well. I mean, you know, I think I like the way you call it a trap game, right? Because it is a trap game because if you get too involved physically, you might start losing some guys for the next couple of games. It's a trap in that sense. And it's a trap because like you say, the outliers are good. The aviators are just, they're sometimes better shorthanded than they are on the five on five, which is pretty (laughs) insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you've got tough opponents there. The junior bandits are, are obviously a good team and, and Fresno, they represent themselves well. So I could certainly see two and two, which depending on how the other teams in that 10 slot do, Dan, might be enough to keep them there, right? Because it's not a it's not always about how well you do, unfortunately. We've had teams that went seven and one in a month and dropped a slot because the team went eight and all above them. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that ends up. But I, I think I like was Aviator's schedule. I think they're a team to watch as well uh, this weekend. They're going to be they're going to be a fun one. They've got two games on Friday, one game on Saturday, one game on Sunday. You can head over to USP, USPHL.com, divisions, premier, schedule, use the filters. You can look at any team's schedule 
If you want to just find the winter showcase stuff, you can go to where it says all types and select winter showcase. I know sometimes that filtering system can be a little tough for folks. So that will sort of get things going in the right direction. Let's move on to the second team in that 10, 10th place tie, the Rockets Hockey Club in the Premier. This is another really tough schedule. And, is... and look who shows their faces again, Dan, the Utah Outliers. Yeah, you want to talk about who's got the toughest schedule? Maybe it's Utah because <laughs> all these guys. But I look at this one, Lucas. The Rockets Hockey Club will start things off with the Dan K Show on the call at 420 on Friday, January 7th. Toledo Cherokee Rockets Hockey Club main rink of the New England Sports Center. That's exciting. Then we've got the South Shore Kings, Utah Outliers, and Metro Jets all taking on the Rockets Hockey Club. I will tell you this much. If you go 4-0 as the Rockets Hockey Club on this weekend, you don't have to worry about being tied for 10th anymore. You're worried about being the number one team in the darn, gosh darn nation. I mean, who else would have a better resume than a 4-0 Rockets Hockey Club team into that weekend? Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing too is the outliers are certainly going to get themselves run through a wall here. I mean, they're they're going up against some of the toughest talent that the East Coast has to offer, and then some. We'll get to them a little bit later. But the Rockets Hockey Club, they've also got to deal with the Cherokee, and I think they have a. I think they certainly have a, a bit of an interesting schedule here. They've got to deal with the Cherokee, the South Shore Kings, the Utah Outliers, and the Metro Jets. So that's, Dan, three teams in the in our top 10 power rankings that are on the schedule for the Rockets Hockey Club. If you wanted a test, you got yourself a test for the Rockets where you might be able to go two and two, and your two and two might look better than someone else's two and two because of who the opponents are. Yeah, and don't forget that South Shore is the one of those four that wasn't in our top 10 last month. But where were they two months ago? Two months ago, they were number four nationally, and they had won 13 consecutive hockey games or 12 consecutive hockey games. I mean, (laughs) this is not going to be an easy schedule. This is going to be a battle for the Rockets. They're going to be up against it. And this is a team that has has really taken care of business in this division this year and and looks like a team that we're going to see come Nationals time. You know what? This is the schedule you want. You want to see this schedule if you're the Rockets Hockey Club. You want to come out here. You want to get put up against it. You want to battle a little bit, and they're going to get a really good chance over these next couple days here of this Winter Showcase to make a statement for themselves. With that, Lucas, I think you look at the Rockets Hockey Club schedule, and you say, man, is that one tough. There's no way that anybody has a tougher schedule. Well, in our three-way tie for 10th in our power rankings, that third team we haven't talked about, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights, have an even more difficult schedule, if you could argue that. They play the Toledo Cherokee as well to start the weekend. How about that for Toledo? Toledo's got to play Wilkes-Barre in the morning, Rockets in the afternoon. Then they play the Florida Eels, who Lucas has picked to win the national championship, So a Toledo team that, Lucas, I know you're not going to say it just yet, but you would not be surprised to see a Toledo versus Florida National Championship game, I can't imagine. No, I would not. They are playing Lucas Jones' top two title contenders right now, followed by the Metro Jets, who, you know, if Toledo is one of Lucas's title contenders, the Metro Jets are only the first place team in that division and the number one team in the country right now, according to the last Dan Kishel Power Rankings. And then they close it out with the hashtag Lake Show from Lake Tahoe, who can score about a zillion goals in a second. 
if if Wilkes-Barre wants to make a case for themselves as a national title contender, this is the weekend to do it, right? This is, you got to make the argument here that if you, if you want to continue to be in that conversation, if you want to say this team, this night's team, which started off the season incredibly, that they are undoubtedly, undeniably one of the top teams in the USPHL, but the premier division is so talented and so expansive that to make a singular case for yourself, you gotta, you gotta show up in moments like this, Dan, the question I want you to answer, because now I get to ask you the tough questions without warning you in advance for the Wilkes-Barre Knights set against the cons, the, the context of making a singular case for yourself as a potential national champion team. Do they have to go four and this weekend? Wilkes-Barre. Wilkes-Barre. No, nobody has to go four and this weekend at all. I, I think that's number one. I think the big way to look at this is it's not always at this time in the year about the absolute win, the loss, whatever. A lot of times it's about what you are accomplishing when you're out on the ice here. If Wilkes-Barre can come out and they compete with all four teams on this schedule, if they grab two wins and they compete each and every game out, there's still a resume build right there, right? You're still showing that you can compete with the best of the best. It is hard to go 4-0 at a showcase when you play easier competition. You know, when you are when you are the superior squad, it is hard to go 4-0 in a showcase. How many upsets have we seen over the years? You, you've seen the games where a team comes out of the blue, maybe a netminder stands in their head, maybe some guys are tired. Like this, we're talking about the Rockets Hockey Club as one of these three teams. I mean, how about a Joe Hughes performance a few years back where a Hampton Roads Whalers team who that year were the, the cream of the crop, it felt like they they almost couldn't get a win against the Rockets Hockey Club because Joe Hughes went out and had 10 billion saves and only gave up a goal on the very last shot of a shootout to lose 1-0. Like, you look at it at these events, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Wilkes-Barre, again, if you compete with Toledo, you complete, you compete with Florida, you compete with Metro, you can score with Lake Tahoe. If you can show me that you can share the ice with these sides, you get to make a big statement. You follow that up with the Hitmen and the Aviators and the Philadelphia Hockey Club and the Jersey Whalers on the road. Wilkes-Barre does not play a home game in January. They don't play a home game in January. They're on the road from January 7th, first day of the showcase, through Sunday, January 30th. They will not be home again in the entirety of January. If they come out of this month with a winning record or better, that is a statement made. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. And I think that this is one of the reasons why we push the idea of our power ranking so heavily, right? Because while a, while a BCS style ranking might look at a two and two, even against strong opponents and say, well, you guys went two and two. A power ranking that you and I do takes into account those tough games, those battle games, right? Those games that go to OT the games that go to shootouts, right? That that's part of the part of the human element there. I mean, I, as I said, I tend to agree with you here. I think they've got a tough schedule with a schedule like this. It is difficult to even say that you could get four wins out of it. I don't know where that, where that loss is. I don't know where those wins are. I think every one of these games is potentially a toss up. If I could just watch Wilkes-Barre Scranton hockey all weekend, I think I might as a casual fan, if you're on <laughs> hockey TV, if you're, if you're a Wilkes-Barre parent, you're going to be in for a treat. If you are not a Wilkes-Barre parent, you might want to watch these games in your downtime anyway, because they're going to be good. 
Oh yeah, it, it's gonna be really good, man. As I drop my phone, oh no, I'm trying to trying to do two jobs at once here, Lucas. <laughs> I apologize for that one. That's okay. Well, the last one I wanted to talk about here, at least in the premiere on my end of things, was a team that's been mentioned, but very indirectly. It's the Utah Outliers. Yeah. And especially with the shakeups that have happened in the premiere with Metro losing uh, or Toledo, I should say, taking three out of four potential points in a weekend with the Metro Jets. Things look a little bit more up for grabs in the premiere than they usually do. And this Utah team is sitting in a very pretty position to be able to potentially grab that number one spot. They go against the Aviators. They go against the Rockets. Then they go against the Northern Cyclones and the Tampa Bay Juniors. They have an opportunity here to really make, I think they have an opportunity to, to kind of show something and maybe maybe try to explain to teams on the East Coast that, hey, it might be in your best interest to stop underestimating us. Yeah, the one thing I will say is, you know, if, if I had my druthers about me, okay, Dan Kay would be able to come in with a pencil and an eraser and, and pick two or three matchups at each event. Okay. When we come out to event, I, I want to see when I see the, the list of teams that are showing up, there are two to three matchups. I want to see each time the one we miss out on here that you might not get to see until potentially a national championship matchup or a matchup at the nationals, Utah outliers, Metro jets. You're not going to get to see these two teams face off one and two in the Dan K show power rankings right now. And with that, as tough as it sounds, Utah is almost in an opposite spot of a Wilkes-Barre, of a New York Aviators, of a, of a Rockets hockey club, where because of the toughness of those three schedules, you look at the Utah Outliers, this is a difficult schedule, right? They're still playing Rockets. They're still playing the New York Aviators. They're still playing Tampa Bay, who I love this year. Like They're still playing Northern, who's a team that can absolutely give you trouble each and every day. But you look at it where a two and two weekend for Utah might have a little bit of a different feel than a two and two weekend from the Rockets or from the Northern Cyclones or from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. Like you might feel a little less about a two and two. You feel like with this Utah team, this is their chance to travel out east and make their statement heard. So put it on a resume. They come out of the break. They beat the Provo out the River Blades in their first game back from break. They've already played one to get themselves ready for this event. Now they're going to go out, Lucas. You're immediately going to play the high-flying aviators. Then you're going to follow it up with the Rockets Hockey Club. And then, you know, you got the Northern Cyclones and the Tampa Bay Juniors. You have four games over four days for this, this Utah Outlier side. It's going to be a long trip out east, and they're going to have a lot to deal with. Yeah, it's that is something to, to be, you know, to considered as well is, is the travel that they're going to have to do. But they do get that tune-up game, so to speak, and that will certainly help them. And I think there's always an awkwardness and maybe, maybe the folks at home can kind of hear it as well. There's an awkwardness talking about strength of schedule for junior hockey sometimes, right? We, we kind of fall into that trap where we don't want to talk about it, but listen, if three teams go two and two, you have to find a way to differentiate them, right? You have to come in and you have to, with an objective, with an objective eye go, okay, well, let's take a look at this. Let's figure out who's two and two is better. Right. And, and that's why, these overtime games are can be differentiators. Um, Dan and I sometimes disagree publicly on the shootout, but that can also be a differentiator as he's shaking his head silently. But it, it 
we think we have to move past that awkwardness, right? Especially if we're going to continue, Dan and myself, you know, we, we're obviously continuing to cover the sport, but as more people get involved in covering junior hockey and, and, you know, really elevating the junior hockey experience and turning it into a, something that feels professional, we have to, you know, get in there and start talking about strength of schedule and stuff. And I agree. I think Utah, they have a really, a bit of an onus on themselves here. Right. They have something to prove, I think, in this showcase. And they they certainly have something to prove in terms of taking that flying that flag, we call it right. Coming from a division out to a different a different area of the country and really setting themselves up. But, Dan, that kind of runs through. I know what I had sort of picked out from the premiere. Was there anything else that caught your eye? I know you're the master of scheduling here. Was there anything that caught your eye in the premiere? I think I think in the premiere, Luke, it's just overall. It's the idea of the expanse of who's going to be in attendance, right? When you're talking about as far north as Maine and Twin City or Buffalo, and you're talking about guys from the Michigan area like Motor City, and and you're talking about uh, Metro, and you're talking about Detroit, and and you're talking about going south down to Florida and and Atlanta, and you're talking about going southwest out to San Diego and Ontario, California, not Ontario, Canada, Ontario, California. And, and you talk about going to Utah, you talk about going to, uh, you know, all of the USPHL nation representatives that'll be in attendance in the premiere. The biggest thing to remember is that it, it just on the ice for these young athletes, you are going to have an absolute monster amount of scouts in attendance watching this weekend. Okay. Every scout you could ever think of is going to have a chance to watch you at some point this weekend. And the importance, the absolute importance of putting it all out there on the ice and doing it in a way that you want your product. You got to think, you talk about NILs now, right? You talk about how you can make money as a college student. You can make money off your likeness. Your likeness matters this weekend, okay? If you're going to go out there and you're getting tossed in game one and I'm not going to see you again this weekend, guess whose name just got crossed off my list as a scout? I love it. I love your intensity. I love you want to back up the boys. This is the event to be on the ice for four games. Get out there. You've had the whole break to get healthy. Let's go. Let's get out on the ice. Let's make things happen. You are going to get to face talent from around the universe of junior hockey in front of more scouts than you can absolutely ever imagine. This is your moment. This is your chance. Let's get into the elite a little bit, Lucas, because you got some great top 10 matchups there as well. Yeah, I think there's some some good stuff happening in the elite division, you know, and it is kind of is based off of our power rankings a little bit. And we had in the 10th spot another tie. We had the Potomac Patriots and Northern Cyclones that were tied for that 10th spot in the elite. The Potomac Patriots, the storyline for them right now is a, a team reborn in some respects. They are they've got new coaches they've got a, a new mentality over there and the the patriots are just they're having themselves a time in the elite and in the premier as well they're they're really showing that they're doing a fantastic job and tied with them i think it was the northern cyclones and Dan, the northern cyclones they once again it seems like these teams that we have tied for 10th are up against it at the winter showcase because the northern cyclones they start off with the whalers then they move to the eels the generals and the hitmen Whew. Now, the Eels, the Generals, and the Hitmen are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but the Eels are their second game on that Friday, which is always a little tough, especially when you're rolling into the event, right? So, Lucas, hold on. Let me do my, uh, I'm going to do my Jerry Seinfeld moment. I'm going to pour my oh. coffee alive on here. Hold on. ASMR. Can, I, can you pick it up? I don't think you're picking it up. I don't think our mics were good enough. I think, I think you talked over it. 
It was nice, right? That was relaxing. Nice. <laughs> now I have too much uh, cashew milk in my coffee, but that's okay. You can never, you can never have that. enough cashew milk. You probably could. I think that that's probably a medical reason for that, but who knows? Um, but no, Lucas, you look at it. This this Cyclones team is going to be up against it. They're going to have a tough schedule. You look at you look at that Eels game on Friday night. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I mean, overall in the elite. I think that you have the Eels taking on the, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. The Eels are a team that's going to see a tough schedule. They're going to get the junior Bruins who have been a tough team this year. Like overall in the elite, when there are less teams, right in the, in the premier 60, 60 plus teams nationwide, everyone's coming in from all over in the elite. You can immediately make a change, right? Like if you don't like where you're at in the power rankings, it takes three, four wins to get yourself towards the top of that thing. Like it's a, it's a quick change period here. And in the elite right now, somebody has to show us this weekend that Charlotte and Richmond isn't going to be the national championship matchup. That's what we need to be shown. We need to be shown that by Wilkes-Barre. We need to be shown that, like, we all want to moan and groan, right? We all want to moan and groan when the when the Chicago Bulls kept winning championships, when the Chicago Blackhawks kept winning championships. We all want to moan and groan, but maybe we should make our own deep dish pizza and start creating dynasties. You know what I mean? Like maybe we should do that too. And that's what it's all about. That's the chance in the elite that every team's going to have. It's going to be to create the opportunity to win this weekend and create the opportunity to climb up the standings. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And as much as we would love to to be friends with Ric Flair, we can only sit here and emulate him and dress up as him and, and use his sayings for free on our podcast. But it does ring true, I think. It, it It is, right? In the Northern, especially that final game, that Sunday game against the Jersey Hitmen. And the Jersey Hitmen are is not doesn't have much much easier of a schedule. They go up against Richmond, Northern. Then they've got Springfield and Palm Beach. But you talk about that Sunday game, Northern versus Jersey. Jersey Hitmen have shown themselves to be another team that's rising through the ranks, right? They are they are moving up. They are playing tough teams. I should have known that when I watched that first game between Jersey and Wilkes-Barre Scranton and the Hitmen took it to them and made that game hard and difficult and close, how good the Jersey Hitmen were. But it took even a couple more months to see that. I think Northern can certainly do some damage here. I think the Jersey Hitmen... That game against Richmond, that game against Northern, like you say, those have to be close games, if not wins. I want to see what they do against those really, really tough opponents. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle for teams like that throughout the weekend. I'm trying to figure out, Lucas, where is the game that we're calling? We're calling one of those elite games. Yes, Northern Cyclones, Jersey Hitman. We're gonna be up bright and early at 8 a.m. Lucas, I just want to warn you right now, we are not gonna sleep this weekend. Okay. We are going to have 8 a.m. puck drops. We are going to have 8.50 p.m. puck drops. We are going to never sleep. We are going to, but we're going to be ready for you folks at home. We're going to be ready to bring the action and bring the energy. And this is especially difficult for me because as someone who just spent the last eight days in the central time zone, uh, I am now not only adjusting to life back on Eastern Standard Time, which I know is only an hour, Yep. but when you go out to the central time zone for the winter classic your sleep schedule gets a bit disrupted because you, you end up sleeping in a little later than you normally do. And, you know, you end up going to bed a little later than you normally do. And the, the physical pain, Dan, that I felt after standing in that negative 25, I've, I've a small segue before we get back to the elite, because I have never, we're from Jersey. It doesn't, it, a negative 25 is not a number we get to here. 
mm-hmm. to feel what that felt like. I was wearing three pairs of socks, boots, toe warmers, six pairs of pants, five shirts, th- two hoods, and a skull cap. Yeah. And it it went it went right through every single layer. You're not supposed to be outside in that winter. Just you should have just stayed indoors. The thing I wasn't expecting, Dan, was waking up the next day just being in in pain from i guess your body trying to keep itself warm to stop itself from dying is what i've been told (laughs) but now that now that i hopefully am adjusted to that i'll be able to make that 8 a.m game you might have to play some sinatra just to make sure that i get up on time i'll give you one sinatra that weekend and that might be the one the big thing and for the folks at home who don't understand the reference i always wake lucas up if he sleeps in too long on a road trip by blasting frank sinatra into his door to make sure that he gets up and I start hearing rustling around in there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll get it done because no matter what, we're going to get, we're going to get it all done. We're going to be staying seven minutes away from the rink. And I say that because I forgot to book our room so far, but we're going to be staying seven minutes away from the rink and I'll be booking the room right now. Once we get off this podcast and it's going to be good in the elite. The big thing, again, it's the opportunity to make resumes and you not just your top five teams make resumes every team makes a resume and we power rank divisions you know we do it behind the scenes with what we do to help with with the rating system to help with us trying to figure out the power rankings and you know this is the opportunity to kind of bolster your entire division with wins the same for the elite and the same goes for the ncdc like the ncdc it's a little bit more clear cut and dry right like everybody plays everybody you want to talk about balanced schedules like the NCDC, because of the, the geographical footprint, they can all play each other. They can balance the schedule. They can make sure it's done right in terms of that because of because of the distance you're traveling and the number of teams in the league. But even then, I mean, you get a chance to play these South Division, North Division matchups in the NCDC, and, and that helps kind of create the picture and helps us to understand what we're covering and what we're looking at. And that's going to be the big idea. It's going to be how do these teams all handle – a three-game weekend at a showcase. And then, Lucas, it all caps off on Monday, January 10th with the 12.50 p.m. puck drop, my favorite game of all time, Islanders v. Islanders. And I've got the Islanders winning this one in the NCDC. Powell Junior Islanders taking on the Islanders Hockey Club. Jim McCabe will be on that broadcast. They're the voice of the Islanders Hockey Club. Or to make everyone feel involved, he's the voice of the Islanders. Yeah, Dan, I'd have to disagree with you on that game. I think the Islanders are going to take that one. Uh, I'm more of an Islanders guy on this one, Lucas. I know, and you've been an Islanders guy for so long, but the thing is, is that I'm an Islanders guy, right? So I, I have to unfortunately disagree with you there and and take the take the other Islanders. I have one more one more storyline in the elite that I want to get to. And you you oh, seg- the funniest thing is you segued perfectly into it, even without knowing what I was going to talk about. A team outside of our top 10, Springfield picks. Their schedule in the elite, the Florida Junior Blades, the Florida Eels, the Richmond Generals, the Jersey Hitmen. I I like what the Springfield Picks team has put together. I know they have been they have been kind of on that bump on that bubble a little bit this year with us. But this is a difficult schedule. Two games on Sunday, the eight a.m. against the Florida Eels and the four p.m. against the Richmond Generals. But I think this is this is something where I think the Springfield Picks can can really have themselves a good weekend. They can show up against some tough teams, do a lot of damage here. Like you say, there, there are a lot of upsets to the winner showcase. Some of these games, they might be the underdog. Some of these games, they might be the favorite. But I could see Springfield having a good weekend. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, Springfield has a great opportunity as well. And their voice of the team, Eric Richardson, is going to be showing up to call some games. And 
he'll have a Springfield picks game, I believe, in that group of games that he's going to be calling. So, I mean, you look at it again, it's it you cannot draw enough importance on the fact that the scouts will be in the building. Ice is going to be even, man. You're going to have the opportunity. Everyone's going to have the same opportunity this weekend to make a statement for themselves and their squads. I'm excited to see it. I think the Springfield, I think the Springfield picks are a team that has flown under the radar a little bit. You want to talk about the premier of the Northern Cyclones, or you talk about this Springfield picks team. Sometimes in New England, like because it's kind of the, the original home of the USPHL, right? Like the seed was planted in New England. Sometimes the New England teams wind up going under the radar more than others, right? Because it's in the backyard of the whole thing. So it's it's an opportunity here for Springfield to see some teams outside of the New England region, have them come into town. And, you know, we saw it at the Islanders Hockey Club Showcase. There wasn't a lot of hospitality from the teams from New England. You know, they came out here and they won games, and Springfield's going to have a chance to uh, extend some, I guess, non-hospitality yet again one more time. Absolutely. Now, before we wrap this up, Dan, was there anything else on your radar? I know you've been buried in that schedule. Is there anything else that popped up? Well, I want to talk to our fans at home every chance I get, Lucas. And we've got a fan who reached out to us with an interesting one. And this is Amanda Dye. And she reached out about junior hockey players aging out at 21. That's M- And Amanda Dye reached out to us. We thank you so much for reaching out. She said, hello, I enjoy the show so very much. And the cadence of both Dan and Lucas in broadcasting timely and having timely insight. My question is whether you think there may be possible changes in the aging out rule of 21 for athletes who may have missed games exposure due to COVID cancellations. And it's an interesting question, Lucas, and it's one that I think that, you know, it's so tough to traverse this world. You look at how the NCAA handled a lot of it, and they extended people after last season. Last season, there were full-on cancellations in the NCAA. There were teams that did not play. And they extended the opportunity, the Olive Branch for everybody to kind of extend one more year and get another year of extra eligibility, which I thought was great. I think it was great for the NCAA. I think the big problem you run into, and this is a tough conversation, right? Like, I think the big problem you run into, you're balancing the world of creating opportunity for that 21-year-old player that maybe missed some games due to COVID. The good news in the USPHL aren't games being missed due to COVID right now, right? They're, they're, we're playing this season. Like there may be cancellations, there may be delays, there may be postponements, but the games are getting played. The schedule is going to be played out and it's going to be done safely and incredibly well, which has been really fun to watch. But you talk about extending that age at age 21 and you start looking at it from the other end, the business side of things, right? And you start saying to yourself, We already talk about, oh, there's too many teams in junior hockey, which I think is the biggest hoax in the gosh darn world. It frustrates me to no end when I hear there are too many teams in junior hockey. The free market, it'll always decide when there's too much of something. When there are too many places to eat, there will be empty restaurants and there will no longer be restaurants. Okay, In this case, the market just dictates that there are this many teams, but you start getting into the right reasons to continue playing, right? So for some players, they're not going to college. They do not want to go to college. For that player, I think the 21-year-old option is incredible. I think it's great. I think it's a great opportunity to extend one more year, get to play junior hockey. For those of us who are moving on and going on to college and are starting to make that move to the next level, we start to look at the financials that go into playing an extra year of junior hockey. With or without these COVID cancellations, there are still so many investments that go into this game, as well as kind of what a 21 year old season looks like. Right. And you're still playing with some guys that are 16 and 17. I mean, 
21 years old, we're starting to fully develop, right? So it's, it's a tough, tough balance. It's a tough battle. What I would love to see, and again, we, we don't get to make these decisions, but we do get to talk about them. We do get them talking about things, Lucas, as we all know in this world, talking can a lot of times put a lot of pressure on it, can a lot of times create the conversation. I'd love to see a world where there is the ability to make decisions based on the right situations, right? And that, that's kind of where you look at it. But right now, I, don't, I just don't foresee it happening. I don't foresee that age out year being extended one, because the question is, where does it stop, right? Is it, is it for one year that it's extended? Or are we talking about the 17-year-old who missed out on a year of junior hockey who now wants another? Or the 19-year-old or the 20-year-old? Like, we have to decide, is it one year that we extend? Is it forever we extend? And kind of what are the implications and how do we prepare for it? That's kind of where you kind of fall into. Yeah, I, I think I think it's perfectly said. I think the only thing that I have to add is when you, I think there's one other hypothetical there. I mean, you talked about how long do we do it for? Um, you know, how does that affect everybody? I think the biggest thing is how does extending the age out year affect the 12 year old? Yeah. Because at some point that 12 year old is going to bump into something, right? Every year, hockey players move up. You've got your 14s, your 16s, your 18s, then you, you know, you get into your elite and premieres and, and all that. But if you, if you give that extra year, and let's say you do everyone who's 17 years and older gets an extra year. Well, those 17s are going to bump the new 17s. And by virtue of that, everyone underneath them gets bumped. Yeah. So it, it just, it's one of those situations where, yes, there should be something for those 21s. There should be something for those age outs. But unfortunately, I just don't think there is a logistical way for the, for the, because it's not even a league, right? It's not like NCAA. You've got multiple leagues across multiple areas of continents that are all interacting under the banner of junior hockey. So without that centralized way to attack it, and even with a centralized way to attack it, as much as I'd like to see something like that, I don't think it will happen. That being said, like, as you mentioned, Dan, the nice thing with, you, with, with hockey is that there are always plenty of opportunities Right. And, and when you run when one door closes, sometimes another door does open. Um, yeah. So you just have to keep your, your, your eyes up, your ear to the ground and, and see what, what gets thrown your way. Yeah. And, and maybe we're, we're bare on the idea and we should be bullish. Right. But I mean, I'd love to hear your guys' stories. If you're listening along with us and you've got a story or a tale, or you've got a thought, or you've got kind of questions like this, that Amanda came up with an incredible question, an awesome question for uh, a situation that we're all dealing with right now, each and every day in this game and just around the world and everything we do, whether it's our work day, whether it's our, our educational experience or academic experience, whether it's our hockey playing, whether it's any events that we're dealing with right now, like these are the questions we should all be asking and they need to be broached and need to be brought up and spoken about. And I mean, for me, like I said, I think you did a great job there, Lucas, and you look at it. The big key to is, when you look at going on to college, when you are, if that is your next step, if junior hockey is not the end all be all, you know, eventually we do want to get that clock started in college as well. You know, too many times do I see the young athlete who moves on to college and might be a little older than some of the bunch. And, you know, they don't always get their four year experience. Sometimes they get a little less, sometimes they don't, they move on quicker. Right. And, and as we, 
as we get into it, we also need to look at when does, when am I no longer going to be in the NHL, you know, and when am I going to be Dan K, the normal, the normal person with the weird show and <laughs> talking about hockey <laughs> or whatever I'm going to move into, whether it's going to, I'm going to be a teacher one day, or I'm going to be a professor. Or I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be working in the construction field, or I'm going to be kind of working in the business realm or wherever I end up after I'm done playing hockey, you know, we start looking at that 21 year old year and we start saying to ourselves, we should have an idea of what the path is. If we are an NHL or by the time we're 21, we should have an idea that we can make it to the NHL. When we're 21, we should have an idea of whether we're going to play NCAA division one or NCAA division three or ACHA, or we should have an idea of kind of what our next steps need to be and what we want to be. We, we're never going to know exactly. Lucas, uh, you know, from me personally, like I, I changed so many times what I was going to be. If you told me I was going to be Dan K at the age of 30, I might've believed you, but I would have definitely had my, my thoughts of, uh, I don't, I don't know if you're telling me the truth. I don't know if this is what I could do for a living. Is this even a living? And like, that's where we need to always kind of take our, our path as to what is best for your athlete. And we're here for you guys. If you guys have any more questions, you let us know, Lucas, we have one we're going to answer next week. That's a little bit about the, uh, premier and elite levels and moving up and down between players and what we think about that one. So I think you should tune in for that conversation as well. Lucas and I'll have a good conversation there. This is what happens when you folks reach out, you reach out with great questions, some, some great kind of brain teasers for us. And, you know, we want to answer all your questions. We want to answer the tough ones, the easy ones. It's not just happy go lucky world all the time. We want to help build your success and help build the, uh, the success of the junior hockey world each and every day. Absolutely. And before we wrap up here, just wanted to remind folks that this weekend, well, coming up, depending on when you're listening to this, is going to be the Winter Showcase, the USPHL 2022 Winter Showcase from Friday, January 7th to Monday, January 10th. The Dan K Show is going to be on site for all four days. We will have game broadcasts. Stay close to social media on that. And we'll have live shows from the event. We will be debuting our elite and premier all-star teams selected and presented by the Dan K show. That's Dan and myself. We put our heads together. We figured out some all-star teams. We are going to present them over the weekend. So make sure you stay tuned at the underscore Dan K show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. for those announcements head to our YouTube page as well. The Dan K show YouTube page, search that YouTube page, subscribe, follow that page. That's where those live shows will pop up. That's going to be Dan K show content. So it goes on our pages, gives you one more place to follow. We'll post interviews there as well. Dan, your parting words for this week. Dan doing his best Lucas Jones impression because Dan's not the host today. When we don't have a guest, I tend to be the host. My parting words are simple. Enjoy this weekend at the Winter Showcase and relish in the spectacle, relish in the grandeur of it, relish in the, the games that you play, the wins, the losses. This is a huge event. It should be a huge memory, hopefully a good memory for everybody there. And if you see two guys walking around with walkie-talkies looking like they're stressed with the weight of the world on their shoulders, say hi. And then if you want to get interviewed, we'll interview you too, because our job is to get as many names and faces out there as we can. That's why we got these all-star all-star teams. We've got the end of the year, all Dan K, all Lucas J teams as well that we put up. 
We're going to be doing some fun stuff in the next couple of months. We also like to thank our sponsors, Remastered Sleep. We'd like to welcome them back for another year. You're so, so, so excited to have Remastered Sleep back with us. Use the code DANKSHOW2022 to continue to get 10% off all Remastered Sleep products. They've got a new line of water bottles. They've got insulated water bottles with the therapeutic nozzle. They've got stainless steel water bottles as well. They've got a ton of new stuff. Head over to remasteredsleep.com. Stop snoring with just a sip. It is a revolutionary water bottle designed to help you stop snoring. I want to thank Elite Junior Profiles, our star of the game sponsor. They have made us some fantastic hats with the Elite Junior Profiles and the Dan K Show logo on it. You'll be seeing them at a rink near you soon on top of the heads of some of the best athletes at the end of each and every Dan K Show broadcast. We'd, of course, like to thank Selly Salt as well. They are a fantastic company, hockey-based, hockey-created, trying to kind of suit your hockey cooking needs. And, you know, everybody knows how much hockey players eat. If they can make your seasoning solutions a little bit more simple, head on over to Selly Salt and find out more. My name's Lucas Jones, signing off for this week. We'll see everybody next week.